you are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. What it do, world? It's your boy Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, man. Episode four, season seven. I know we took Christmas and New Year's off, but we got 36 plus hot and ready episodes coming your way, man. I'm excited to be back. First of all, what's going on in the world? Like for real, for real, for real. Like you got people storming sieges. I know people have seen all the tweets because y'all, y'all smart and stuff like that. But I'm like, really? Like, really? How did all these people get inside the White, like, not the White House, but the Capitol building? Like, that made no sense, right? People have died. Like, it's, I don't know what's going on in the world right now, man, but the energy's off. I'm going to be honest, man. My man's car just got towed in in front of our own house. Like we, I'm like I was driving to DC earlier this uh, earlier last week to visit my brother. Man, shout out to my brother, man, who had a uh, uh, my niece Phoenix, man. So I'm a proud uncle, man, driving to see her. And now my I had put some bad gas in it, car stuttering. I just car ain't even past seventy thousand miles. I don't know what's the mojo this week or twenty twenty one. Let's get it back together. So if you had them blessings, man, throw them blessings my way, man. Send me something. I need that good energy. <laughs> but also some real stuff, man. Let's keep our thoughts and prayers with the politicians that are some are doing a phenomenally bad job. They've been doing a bad job of leadership. So just uh yeah, let's get let's get this US together, man. But you already know what the stance that we have with this podcast, man. We try to own our own space. I know politics is, is essential and laws are essential to the governance and the ability and the aid for um a lot of our community, but we just gotta continue to support each other, support ourselves, which is why I'm excited about today's podcast. This brother and his brand supported us via sponsorship for season seven. He's been supporting the black culture in general. With the beard, hair, face, fragrance, and all those products for skincare and healthcare and wellness, and man, his uh, his journey as an entrepreneur, as a man, has has been phenomenal, and I can't really wait to share his story. But first and foremost, I want to give a special shout out to our sponsors of this season. First, Rectiv is one of the only platforms specifically for HBCU students for companies that are recruiting. HBCU students. So check out rectiv.com to find out more information, get you a job or post your jobs on there. So shout out to my boy D Griggs over there at ATX Web Designs. Also, scotchporter.com, the premier premier wellness skincare beauty product for men of color and beyond so if you got beard, if you got hair, if you got all that good stuff, man, head over to scotchporter.com. 
Once you sign in, a pop-up will come up to get your first $10 off an order. Uh, so just put your email address and your phone number to sign up for great stuff. They got some special deals going on. Make sure if you're shopping too, use Rakuten because Rakuten, they got a uh, cash back on some of your purchases. So shout out to Rakuten. They not a sponsor of this show, but I done got a couple hundred dollars worth of uh, cash back through the Rakuten on a special sale. So shout out to Rakuten as well. But go over to scotchporter.com man, and grab you some stuff and tell them Greg E. Hill sent you. So without further ado, Let's jump into the show. Hope you having a phenomenal start to this year. If you haven't, if you need to pick me up, whatever, email me at greg at greggyhill.com. I got time to chop it up um, and all that good stuff, man. Love y'all. Thank y'all for your consistent support, man. We've had groundbreaking downloads this season so i thank you from the bottom of my heart continue to download continue to share this podcast to your friends and family and continue to change the freaking culture so without further ado we here episode four let the story begin welcome to the minority trailblazer podcast and i'm your host greg e hill the culture change agent on this show we interview young successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate empower and inspire our current and future generation of leaders and today i got a show for you i'm not even gonna go through the whole uh the whole bio because at the end of the day um that's why we had a person on the show they're gonna give the context they're gonna get the flavor and i'm gonna let them introduce themselves so Minority Troubles in Nation, let's give a I don't care because it's COVID time, so you're not probably on a train, you're not in a car, wherever you at, and hopefully, hey, if you got a kid, bring your kid around, especially at a teen, you grab them, bring them around, and give them applause to my brother, Calvin Qualis, to the Minority Troubles Podcast, man, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I, I don't know how I follow up all that energy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, hey, hey, at the end of the day, man, um... It's a blessing to have it, man, because, you know, this year, man, uh, unfortunately, there's some people that don't have any energy right now. Yep, yep. They're not here, man. So Very any true. second, regardless, you know, as an entrepreneur, the highs, the lows and all this yep, other stuff, yep. we're happy to be here. You feel me? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so let's go ahead. Honored to be here. Yep. Yep. Let's go ahead and jump right in, man. So Calvin, man, if you could share with our audience, man, a quote or a mantra that you live by and then a story about how you apply that quote or mantra to your everyday life. Uh, sure. So, so there's, there's a few, one is my primary aim, like my life's primary aim. So my mm -hmm. life's primary aim is to get out of bed, excited, feel great, confident, um, you know, uh, you know, work on new and exciting things that ultimately have a profound impact on my lives and the lives of others in a meaningful way. And so that's something that I read every day after I say my prayer, um, and a whole host of other things, but those are some of the things that I recite to myself every day. Yeah. Um, entrepreneurship is very hard and challenging. Um, so another one is, um, uh, the bigger the goal that you want to accomplish, um, the, the more impact that you want to have, the, you know, more frustration you're going to face, keep going. You know, that, that's another one that I say to myself. Um, and then I know I'm going to screw this one up, but I read a quote <laughs> sometime uh, ago by, uh, it was by Oprah. Uh -huh. Um, and it was something like, um, I got so, um, oh gosh, I'm going to screw it up, no, but it was about the climb. It was about the climb and, and, and having a mountain to climb and just got so stuck on like frustrating and, and having mountains to climb that you forgot that you even should be blessed to have a mountain to climb Ooh. in the first place. So it's yeah. really about like perspective. Right. And so those are, those are three, uh, mantras. Mm. So when was the last time you woke up? And it was like, yeah, it was on the wrong side of the bed, right? Yeah. And what did you do to shift your mindset to like, hey, let's lock in. Remember, 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 these are some of these issues or problems that may be facing you or that came. 
you were asking for a couple of years ago. Like, what was that? What was that moment? Take walkers through. And how did you correct that mindset? Yeah, I think a lot of it is like just moments of gratitude, right? Like, um, so understanding that whatever I'm facing right now, there's someone out there facing something much more challenging. So, you know, practicing in those moments, right? Like frustrating, overwhelming days, like little things like, yo, I was able to get up. I am healthy. I can walk, right? <laughs> I have no problem breathing, right? Like I I can enjoy a cup of coffee right now. My mom's still here for me to call my mom to go see her. Like those things just kind of like level set mm -hmm. um, and sort of reshifts when you're having like those really bad days. So let's go ahead and jump right in, man. If you could uh, share with our audience, man, a little bit about you before we get into Scotch Port or your entrepreneurship journey, man, to talk all through that. Um, can you share with our audience? Matter of fact, let me take a step back. Uh, for everybody that's new to the podcast, man, we try to go in three we try to hit three different quadrants. The first quadrant um, is a little bit about the context and the background of said person that's coming on the show. Then we just try to mm -hmm. try to walk through where they're at present day is in regards to their business, et cetera. Talk through that as well as certain things that they learn throughout business, hiring, firing, all that good stuff, because he can probably attest that starting a business and getting people, that's the first, that's the first thing, getting selling the products. But then once you start to scale and have to hire people and then yeah. terminate people, then negotiate contracts if you ain't been here before and yep. it gets real dicey. So we want to share that experience. And then lastly, start, start, uh, share with the future because at the end of the day, as 2020 uh, has taught us, you can, you can, if you can have the present day booming, but if you don't prepare for right now, like all these, all these theaters had all these movies playing and everything yep. else and what? And it's, so we always are future to certain extent, yeah. man. So uh, share the audience, man, a little bit by yourself, where you come from, who you are, before Scotch Porter, before um, all that stuff. Got it, got it. So born in Brooklyn, um, raised in New Jersey. Okay. Uh, consider myself somewhat of a, of a gentle giant, uh, <laughs> a problem solver. Yeah. A tiny bit of a mama's boy, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, you know, staunch supporter of Black-owned businesses and Black yeah. entrepreneurs uh, and the founder of Scotch Porter. Mm hmm. So did you go to so where'd you go to high school? Did you, were you a single parent? I mean, was a single parent household? Did you have siblings? Like uh, not where you go to high school. Where did you, did you go to college? Like walk us through that real quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, went to William Patterson University. And that's in New um, Jersey. That's in New Jersey. Yep. Uh, graduated with a bachelor's degree. Uh, come from a single uh, parent household. My mom raised uh, me and my brother did okay. quite a quite a wonderful job as a, a teen mom. She yeah. Wow. When she had me. Um, so, yeah. Mm. And from yep. your childhood, before, like, for your childhood, what would you say was the number one thing from your childhood? Or you can say a couple of things that um, have, have played a major role in your development as a man, but also, too, as an entrepreneur. Um, so from childhood, I remember really growing up in my mom's uh, shop and uh, how, you know, she had a barbershop and a beauty parlor. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, um, you know, how she and some of the other stylists would, people would walk into the shop. Me and my brother spent a lot of time there. Um, people would walk into the shop, always a pretty intuitive kid in that I noticed how some people didn't necessarily feel their best. And my mom and the stylist had like this ability to like transform them. Um, they get up, you know, look in the mirror, pop the collar, walk out with an entirely new step. So um, as a kid, um, you know, very early on, I, you know, I had this observation that, you know, self-care grooming really had the potential to help mm. people feel better about themselves and, yeah. and really change perspective. So that's, mm. that's probably one thing that has transferred over, right? 
And yeah. hence, hence the reason for me starting Scotch Border. Yeah, man. So now let's go ahead and jump into it, man. It's crazy. Uh, here's the concept. For everybody to know how, how podcast working minds is, typically at this point, it's crazy. After a year off, I haven't got, I've gotten hundreds, literally hundreds of PR requests this year because let's think about consistency. You consistency so long, like your, your, your catalog is just continue. Like even when you're not recording, I'm like, did, did I release something? Like I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> like every, every day, but you pop on a different searches and I get a lot of stuff. And typically, and I love everybody requests that I get, but I read them like, ah, ain't a good fit for now. And I looked through it and said, oh, cool, this is, this is a cool brand. I looked it up. I was like, oh snap, boy, they doing things on like a, a different level. I said, had to had to readjust my reply. Like, hey, hi, Mister, blah blah blah. Like, typically, hey, um, we can, hey, let's let's do it right here. Let's do it right there. So, um, if you could, man, Scotch Porter, when and then the crazy. It's, it's kind of wild how God, how life works. I was having some trouble with my hair. Like I have, you know, I natural hair and all this other yeah. stuff. And I had like a beard solution, um, but I didn't have any kind of hair thing. And I was, you know, and for, fortunately and unfortunate, the black culture, you're like, no, everybody shun big box. They're like, no, you get black on, go to this, this <laughs> thing in the back alley and get your product and go to this. So somebody said, my boy, Timothy Noble, shout out to Timothy Noble. He's a, he's a, he's frat out there in uh, Dallas, Texas. And he was like, yo, gee, you need to holler at Scotch Porter. And I was like, Scotch Porter? I said, okay, cool. And then, of course, you know, I don't know, he mentioned it, and then all of a sudden my whole timeline blew up. <laughs> Scotch Porter, Scotch Porter, that. I'm like, yo, what in the world? And I go, lie. I ain't trusted at first because I was like, man, this is it's, it's backed by Target, and I didn't know if it was black-owned because, you know, there's a lot of predators out there. And no offense yeah, to companies yeah, getting how they do, but they got the, the black people in the front, and then, you know, it's bought out. I mean, it's bought out. It's not even ran by a black person. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So I was like, eh. And then, Lo and behold, I get an email from, from your PR and your, your, your marketing director saying, hey, we would love, we were interested in doing X, Y, and Z. And I was like, wow, that makes sense. And then, yeah. the cr- and I knew it was real because this is, I know it's a tangent, but y'all, y'all women going to feel it. I just got braids for the first time, right? And um, I just got braids and my head was splitting, like literally. Like you, first time you get hit, I didn't, I didn't, I've, I've never had braids. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I could not move. And I thought I had COVID. I was like tripping. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I was like, and I was on the call with, and, and make sure I say her name right, Alethea? Alicia. Alicia. Yeah, Alicia. And then yeah, yeah. it made call. I just, you know, I'm comfortable. I told her what was going on. She said, hey, hey, Greg, just, just get some aspirin, put it on your thing, blah, blah. blah. And it worked. And I, the reason why I shared that, because <laughs> this is a company that, that stands by what they believe in during a regular call. This, this is why working on black business is so good, yeah, right? Yeah. Especially when people are like really real. Not like, yeah. the, okay, well, uh, a black dude trying to act. Like, I'm like, bro, no, bro, like be yourself. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I immediately gave the sister uh, my issue. She solved it via a call about a sponsorship for a major company with our podcast. And that just shows not only the, the two lanes y'all, y'all kind of thing. So let me unpack that and share. Yeah. Where did Scotch Porter come from? The name, the, the idea, and I know it started in the kitchen four years ago. So now yep. here's your unpack the journey, man. Yeah. So, um, so again, yeah, my mom owned a beauty parlor barbershop, spent a lot of time there. Um, really fascinated by how she and the other barbers were able to kind of transform people, you know, help them feel better about themselves. I, um, that stuck with me, went off to, to college, uh, broke, frustrated, like a lot of college students <laughs> yeah. didn't quite didn't quite know what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, I had some peers that figured it all out by senior year and I hadn't quite figured it out. And at times felt like a loser. A lot of times felt like a loser. Cause it's like, what am I going to do with my life? Um, 
anyhow, um, I do remember like on some of the most frustrating times or just like terrible weeks, right? You walk into a shop, take the last $20 I had in my pocket, yep. get a haircut and like, man, that just changes everything. You right? got $1 in your pocket and you feel like nope. you the boss. Broke, right? Broke, broke, broke. But you leave the shop and you just feel great. So, um, I mean, from those experiences, always known that like self-care had the ability to kind of make you feel better about yourself, change perspectives. Um, you know, post-college had gotten a couple of jobs. I would say that they were pretty decent paying jobs. They were good paying jobs for somebody just graduating out of college. But um, it, it just wasn't it. Like it wasn't was it in finance. What, what, what industry was it in originally? So the first one was at a global design firm. And then the okay. second one was in finance at a market research firm. And yeah, just like spending like the rest of my life behind an office cubicle, um, you know, not really given a shot by, you know, people that don't necessarily look like me. It just, I just wasn't interested in running in the rat race, right? It yeah. just wasn't for me. So I didn't, you know, that too was a time where I didn't really feel, feel good about myself and kind of where I was in my life. Um, I, I do recall like one evening, um, I'd always get off the train. I would always take a train and I would literally get off at this station on Broad Street, uh, train station and transfer over to another train and get home and across the street from that train station. Hadn't noticed it before I, you know, I got on that same train hundreds of times before. Mm -hmm. Um, one of those evenings had, um, spotted this brownstone building. I, I honestly, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like just an epiphany from my time at my mom's shop or what it was. I just wasn't feeling good about what I was doing with my life. And somehow I was like, you know what, what if I open up a barbershop, you know? And, um, about six months later or so, I ended up opening up, opening up a barbershop, um, almost immediately spotted an issue. A lot of our customers had predominantly African-American, uh, men, Hispanic men, um, very dry, frizzy, damaged hair and beards. Yeah. Uh, bored with the daytime desk job that just wasn't fulfilling, looking for something else to do. Um, so evenings and weekends created a hobby for myself in the kitchen of my home, started to learn everything I could about natural ingredients, mm -hmm. uh, produce products from the kitchen, hand to the barbers. I'm not a barber. Hand <laughs> to the barbers. I'm not a barber. Hand to the barbers who would use it on the customers, would get feedback, tweak, modify until I created something that uh, our customers thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and then we have people coming into Newark, New Jersey, which is where our shop was, um, from places like Brooklyn and Connecticut to purchase our products. Launched the dot com. Uh, things then really began to take off. We started out with about two products. Um, we have about 20 some odd products. Um, was a D2C business, direct to consumer business, online business. Um, and uh, as of uh, March of this year, launched, uh, had successful launches at Target and Walmart. Um, and really excited about, you know, really expanding our mission to help men look and feel the best, live their best, most fulfilled lives, being able to do that online and reach consumers offline. Man, so now it's my job to do the dirty work and unpack all that because there's so many things. And I want to start by um, awareness, right? And it's, it, it, it's, it seems small and subtle, but I want everybody to hear me <coughs> out. The fact that this whole time you were, you were on this train, you never even looked at it, right? Time and time again, you're in the routine, you're in the routine, in the routine. And at one time, you just looked at your surroundings and that led to opening up a barbershop and whatnot. So can you talk real quick about just how awareness has played a role in your life as of now? Because I think a lot of us sometimes we're looking, we, we're looking for success in that one way, right? We yeah. have this one idea. And then if you look at your awareness, a lot of times there's opportunities 
or potential opportunities around us, but we're so stuck that, hey, no, I want to be entrepreneur. I want to be a speaker. I want to write a book. It's like, hold up. But no, 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 no. You, you, you're, you're missing that right there in front of you. So like yeah. what, what would you say, what'd you say as far as awareness and, and how it's played a, a role in your career? Yeah. So, so, the, so taking a little step back, the one thing, you know, now that I think about it, um, you know, I was very unhappy with like, just kind of like where my life was like headed. Like, I, honestly, I was, I was blessed. I had a, a, a very good paying job, but it just wasn't, it just wasn't fulfilling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was approaching, I was approaching 30 years old and I've always had like what I believe to be really great ideas, um, but never, <laughs> but never really, never really jumped on them. Right. Yeah. Because like, Oh, yo, are you smart enough? Are you, you know, are you even capable or qualified to kind of get this done and, and kind of decided like, bro, you're, you're about to thir- turn 30 years old. Do you really want to live with a bunch of regrets? And so I think I made a decision probably like six months before 30 that the next sort of idea that came to mind I would spend some time like investing in it and really trying to see it through. Right. Um, and I think that just opened my mind up to opportunities and even surroundings. Cause again, I was on this train hundreds of times, never noticed this brownstone building before. So I think it was like this mind switch, like this mental switch that kind of opened up the doors for, for where I am now today. Right. Which is, um, you know, building a business that, um, aligns with my personal why, right? Um, you know, who 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 would have thought that um, <laughs> that I would have, you know, opened up a barbershop or that I would have started creating products from the kitchen of my like it, that was never like I didn't know that that was written in the cards, you know? Yeah. And so now let's let's walk through it. So you open up were you still working at the job when you opened up this barbershop or you quit your job? No, I was still working at the job. So you're still it, working. I had a mortgage and <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> you're working at a job. You do that. You're creating products out of the kitchen. So, A, I mean, your degree, uh, you, you, were, you were not well-versed in, like, science and anything like that. So, like, did you YouTube stuff? Were you just researching? Like, how would you even go about that? I'm trying to imagine you right now in your kitchen, like, making products. Yeah. Like, like what was your first product? What were, the, what were the first two products you created? And, like, what was the – how did you go about from you making them, yeah, actually? Yeah. So, so, I had a family friend that – um you know, made like lotions and and whatnot. And so she taught me how to make lotions. She didn't know how to make hair care products because hair is just very different from like a a basic lotion. Um, But she taught me how to make a lotion. Um, So from that, you know, from that knowledge, I started to do do a little bit of research on ingredients and started to sort of use that lotion base to kind of test, uh, you know, products out on the customer. So just really just like a lot of Google. Google is, uh, (laughs) right? Google Bing, Yahoo, um, you know, were my friends, you know, just a lot of, a lot of research, you know, checking out the natural hair movement and tons mm-hmm. of bloggers and whatnot recommended certain oils to you. So it was just a lot of online research. And what makes you kind of a unicorn in the space? And I know you're in this space, so there's probably, you know, probably a lot more, but this, you're, you're one of the few that I know black male people in this space and leading this movement and outside of just beard. Cause I have a couple of shout out to beard and bro. They got their, their beards, but a whole natural face beard. Boom. And what is it? What does it mean to you being one of the few black male people in this space? Because let's be true. Um, I like to be authentic yeah. in this podcast. A lot of times um, men outside of getting haircuts, 
we don't really do. And I know some people listen to our podcast. Y'all be like, well, I do. But nah, majority of people where I come from, you know, New Jersey, they not they not exfoliating their face. They not like doing a double face, boy. Like I got, I got the package. I had like the, the face scrub, the brown one, the clear one. You got the three different beard scrums. Like th- that's not a norm in our culture. Like outside of getting the cut, you wash your face, you keep it moving. Shoot, I'm going to be mm-hmm. honest. I didn't even wash my face until like 23. I thought like the water hitting the <laughs> face was like that. So like, like, did you have any kind of, hmm, any kind of imposter syndrome first when you first started? Like, hold up, this is typically a, this is a, a black women dominated space, like the natural hair care stuff and you coming in. So what was your thoughts on being one of the first pioneers, I believe, um, in this space? So, um, so, so a couple of things like, um, Richie Lou Dennis, uh, okay. Sundial, right? He, um, I mean, he started 20 some, some odd years ago, honestly. Like, he's to me, he's like, oh, he's gee. the pioneer. And, I, and even before him, I think that there, there were others like Browner Brothers and, um, you know, some other folks. But, um, I, I mean, I, listen, I, my mom owned a beauty parlor barbershop, yeah. right? So, I mean, I, you know, I was, uh, I, as a kid, I grew up seeing my mom and, and, and some of the other folks, like, that's what they did, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I always kind of understood the importance of self-care and the way that I look at self-care isn't necessarily about like, oh, um, you know, combing or just brushing your hair. I honestly see self-care and the, the practice that we do every morning in the mirror is like meditation. It's like, yeah. you know, it's taking time out for yourself to take care of yourself, to sort of arm yourself before you go out in the world, um, and have all these, all these different things that pop up. Right. Um, So I actually see self-care and grooming as sort of like a meditation moment, you know, taking time out for yourself. Um, But in terms of, again, in terms of, you know, how I even came up with some of this stuff, I think it's just, it's just naturally uh, coming from the background that I did growing up in my mom's shop. Mm -hmm. And now let's, let's, let's talk through. Okay. So you fought, you you started, when did you make that transition from, working your jobs, and then now the revenue is is coming in. So now that you can leave with a mortgage, with already 30-plus-year-old bills, you feel me? Yeah. Because, you know, them bills hit differently at that age. At 22, <laughs> you, can, you can just jump in. Hey, you don't got nothing. for the most a part. cell phone. Yeah, that's it. And now at 30, you got you got a little car, probably. You got this, you got exactly. that. So when yep. was that moment, and in, in, uh, what, what, what created that moment? Um. So, so one, I didn't quit my job right away. And, okay. and we, we had gotten the business to... I would say a place where it, it wasn't quite enough to kind of take care of the salary that I was making. Um, but I also, I think I came to a point where the business looked like it was doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then I also came to a point where I was like, if you don't do this now, if you don't leave now, you probably never will. And so kind of just one day made a conscious decision. I was like sitting at my desk doing some things that I didn't want to do, right? Like looking at a spreadsheet <laughs> or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, I literally, I, I literally remember that moment because I, I had like this moment, this like this out of body moment where, um, the best way that I can explain it is like, I, I felt like I was like going to fall asleep or I was like dying. Like, I, 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 I don't know how to explain it, but, um, at that moment I was like, this, this can't be it. This is not it. You gotta, you got you gotta leave. And so I made a decision to leave. Um, you know, sort of took, took a leap of faith. And, um, what was interesting about that time is that, uh, when I sat down with my boss to tell her I was leaving, (laughs) 
she told me too that she was leaving. Um, <laughs> and, and, and she, and, and she took care of me. So, right. So like, she gave me like a six month severance package. I didn't expect, Ooh. I didn't even ask for, <laughs> look I didn't even God, ask, six months. Look at God, six months. <laughs> I didn't even ask for, for a severance because um, I figured, you know, I'm quitting. I'm not going to get severance. So um, so things just worked out. Took a leap of faith and things worked out. Yeah. Shout out to her, whoever she is, man, her, her, her yeah. or sh- uh, him or her. Shout out to them, man. Yeah. That's 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 a that's a that's a golden parachute right there. Yes, brother. yes it is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and now we're about to get to present day. But I, I, before we get to present day, man, go back into the to lab. Like you said, you're still in that space. You're trying to figure things out. What were the first few obstacles that you had with the business and how did you tackle them? Because the context behind this is majority of people that's listening, they're they're either corporate thugging, doing their thing. They're cool with that. They're just listening to this for old, uh, inspiration. They just love good, good stories. Then there's one yeah. camp that is already successful in business, looking for like little tools and edges to get better. And then there's another camp that they're starting out and they're, they may be in the product space, et cetera. So what I always try to say, what was the, the first few obstacles, not the obstacles you have now, but the first few obstacles that you were like, wow, am I going to be able to overcome this and share the audience how you overcame them? Yeah. Um, I mean, the beginning is still challenging right, <laughs> right now. Of right? course. The, the, the they, obstacles they, just get bigger. They just get bigger. Right. Um, but I think there's just like a bunch of unknowns. Right. I, I didn't know anything about running a business. I didn't know anything about managing a team. I didn't know anything about. Um, I mean, from my job, I knew about uh, I knew a little bit about finances, like spreadsheets, but I didn't know how to truly manage, yeah. um, manage, you know, finances, a bit, you know, businesses, money. Um, also, I mean, we, we started out self-funded, right? So I didn't have a bunch of cash, right? Um, so, um, you know, there was a big, there was a lot of obstacles from, um, the financial obstacles, figuring out how you're going to pay this person or pay this vendor <laughs> to, you know, create an effective marketing plans. Um, you know, just a bunch of fires that come along the way. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of how I, uh, overcame those op- obstacles is really like shifting my mindset, right? Um, and started to begin to think about challenges. And even today, like there's always going to be new and different challenges, right? All the time. And our job isn't to avoid those challenges, is to grow through those obstacles and challenges, right? Because on the other side of that, right? Yeah. Um, on the other side of that is like you learn a tremendous amount. And so now today there's always new and different different obstacles and challenges that come along the way. But I'm just like, okay, yeah, it's gonna happen. But but I know on the other side of that, I'm I'm gonna learn a tremendous amount. And and this challenge, um, you know, it, it just becomes a lot, it becomes a lot easier, you know, as you go through uh new and different challenges because you kind of you kind of expect them. Um, so it was really just like shifting my mindset and growing through through obstacles and challenges, the way that I looked at challenges. Was it a lot of it through experience or through mentorship, through books, a cornucopia of all of them? Like, what was the key driver in mindset? Because I think a lot of that in business and life, that's all, it's all mindset, to be honest. Yeah. It's, it's it. That's biblical, but it's also just general. Your mindset yeah. on the day. Two people can have the same exact days, and one person say, this is miserable. One person say, it's the best day of my life. So what was it like? And let's, talk, let's, let's go right now. How do you kind of uh, walk me through how you kind of, pace a positive or a growth mindset within what you do now and how you move um yeah so 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 there's there's a couple of things i think what's what's very important is figuring out your personal why right mm-hmm. like what 
what gets you motivated, what gets you, you what gets you out of bed every day. Um, you know, you, you got to know what that is, right? And once you know what that is, I think your job or your duty is to make sure that it aligns with what you do every day, right? So whether that's a business or a job, if you can find a way to align your personal life's why with your business why, um, I, I think that allows you to fight, right? Because it is it, it, entrepreneurship is a fight. And in a lot of instances, you're like, man, if I at this at, at this stage, if I went and got a job, you know, <laughs> I'd be paid so much more at the end of the day, five o'clock, five thirty. Uh-huh. I could forget about that. I don't got to worry about that. Right. And entrepreneurship, <laughs> that is not the case. Right. Yeah. That is absolutely not the case. Um, and you really got to have a really compelling why to keep going. Um, and then I think, too, you just got to be you got to be a really good problem solver. There's just like there's always going to be a ton of problems. Um, you got to be a, a pretty good problem solver, but that why is is sort of like the driving thing that keeps you going, in mm. my opinion. I, I agree, and I think to be frank, what I've seen is a lot of people, including myself, at some point, and it's 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 a microcosm of society and education system. We really don't truly know ourselves. Like, hey, like writing down. I tell kids to do this exercise, but adults don't do it. Like, write down what what's everything that makes you smile. What's everything that makes you angry? Like knowing exactly it. Cause then you can look at your life and look at your day. Like, why am I doing X? Like what music, what music uplifts you? What music brings you down? Like if you get real tactical about your life, you can program a life that is on a high level, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And what you said, something deep. I think a Mm -hmm. lot is easier now more than ever. You can align your mind to what you can get from work, hard work and whatnot. But the hard part is aligning your skill set and your behaviors in order to get that. It's yeah. easy to be like, oh, your mindset. Oh, I got a wealth mindset. I want rental. I want streams of income. But the yeah. principles, the behaviors, the characteristics, the character, like, I, am I going to be a man or woman of my word? And I am going to, if I do mess up, am I going to own it and make it better? Or am I going to blame somebody else? Like. Yeah. We want to, when it stuff shows up, when you get the target deal, you want to, hey, we got high character. We we at meetings, we're smiling. But then the regular deal with your boy that need that product back in the day when he first started, you like, hey, like, nah, you treat the same customer yep. when you was first hustling, when you was making the custom labels yourself for $5, you treat them <laughs> with that same respect. Then yep. you, it's going to be real. But a lot of us right now where I tell you, if I see one more retweet, about we you need to pay us off worth and whatnot like no 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 dude, no you ain't got no worth yet that's the thing you just started <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got, so, gotta earn it right so um now let's 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 talk high level because this is this is this is why it's exciting for you to hear because you've seen it from mm-hmm. the ground level and now your 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 product is cr- it's wild it's in retail stores you have these mm-hmm. distributions and now you have first and foremost ten thousand square foot warehouse man when you signed up what was your first thoughts when you walked into the building? Like, whoa, like for real, what did go what went through your mind? Like, yo, 15, your mom had you at 15, right? Single mm-hmm. parent household. Like you graduated from college. You didn't know where you was going. Yeah. And then now 10,000 square foot facility, man. Like what was your first thought? Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really great feeling. It, it, it really is. Um, damn. I mean, lots of times I'm like, how the hell am I going to make it? Right. So it is, it's, it's truly an amazing, amazing feeling. Um, I'm always, I'm still one of those, uh, folks that's like, okay, well, what's next. I got to get better with being present. Um, so, you know, uh, I enjoy the moments, uh, and then I'm like back to work. 
<laughs> Give myself a little pat on the back and then I'm back to work. But I mean, overall, it's, it's a really amazing feeling. It feels enjoy, great. And mine is proud. So. Yep. Enjoy the moments to every month that yeah. that lease hit. You like, whoo. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, yeah, we got this space. And he said, damn, exactly. we got to go get it, man. We got to create exactly. it. Exactly. So now walk us through, man, Target, Walmart, getting into retails. That's like for some, that's every product person's dream, right? Because business, yeah. business consumer is great. But, you know, when algorithms change, when um, sales things change and, you know, with Google, every uh, oh, you can put oh back in the day oh a thousand dollars of this and it does X, Y, and Z. But they change that and the algorithms change and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. B2B is a little different. And some people say, oh, B2B, yeah, you get Target. Oh, you get blah, blah, blah. So one, t- walk us through two things with that. One misconceptions that most people mm-hmm. have when working with these big retailers um, mm-hmm. that you can share, of course. And then two, um, how did it even come about? Like how, that, that's just like, yeah, that's just huge. Cause so many people that they grind for years and years and they never see that. I mean, and you've been able to do that quite, I mean, to be honest, I don't want to say fast cause it's been 15 years, a lot of years in the making. Right. But you're yeah. still young. So walk yep. us through that real quick, man. Yeah. So, um, so first one of the misconceptions is, is, uh, that once you land on shelves, you kind of got it made and then yeah. you got like bankroll and like just tons <laughs> of money, like coming in. Yeah. Um, that is not true, right? <laughs> that is absolutely not true. Um, honestly, that's the getting on the shelf is probably it's, it's difficult, but it's probably the easier part. Wow. Right? The, the, the hardest part is sell through, right? Because if you, uh, if you are not performing on that retailer's shelf, uh, you will be off of that retailer shelf very quickly. <laughs> um, and, uh, there's some, some ridiculous fees that will be charged for you occupying that space. If you don't, wow. prefer, um, that can have a, have a real impact on your business. So, so that's, that's what I'd say. One of the biggest misconceptions is, is that once you kind of landed there, that the work is done. Now the work actually just started. Um, and I think that's why we made a decision very early on to focus on D to C. Um, and really build, um, you know, build our business and, 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 and build like this cult following offline um, so that when we had an opportunity to talk to a retailer or be at a retailer like a Target or Walmart, that we were prepared and we can drive people to, uh, you know, to, to doors to actually purchase product. Um, the, the other thing that I'd say is, um, you know, you kind of got to do your homework before you even begin talking to a, to a retailer like Target or Walmart, right? Um, can you, are you really ready? You know, are you really ready understanding that this retailer will probably, this retailer will usually want 40 to 50% uh, margins. Mm-hmm. And then you have to spend maybe another 10 to 15% on marketing to drive people into those doors to get at the product. You know, does your does your product, does your business support those sort of margins to be successful, right? Because you give away 50 and then you put another 10 <laughs> or 15% into marketing, you're left with 35%, right? And then that 35%, you got staff, you got to keep the lights on, you got you to gotta buy product, you know, it, there's a lot that goes into it. So can you truly, can your business really support it financially, support a retailer like, like Target or Walmart? Mm, so that's a huge thing. So let's put on our business caps real quick. From your perspective, being that y'all y'all stayed on the ground, you build a you build the following, still have a cult following doing that. Well, I mean, if you for what you could share online, like what what was your what's the benefit of you going to that model and having that and having the both ways? Like what was the benefit of getting in those places? 
So, um, so a couple of things. One, um, online is a great place to be. I mean, you, you, uh, you, you can establish a relationship with your customer, with the consumer, right? You can, any new product that you launch, you know, you have that consumer's email address. You can reach out to them. You can put new products in front of them. You mm-hmm. can reach out to them. You can talk to them about new products that they want. Um, but online is super competitive and it gets even more competitive and it is very, very expensive to acquire a customer online mm-hmm. and it gets even more expensive. Um, especially now, uh, these days with COVID, many more brands have been forced to move online. So it's the cost of rising. Um, the second thing is, you know, the reality is, is, you know, 80 to 85% of personal care products are still bought offline, right? Mm-hmm. People are still going into targets and Walmarts and Dwayne Reeds and Walgreens to purchase products. Right. Um, and so if you are not in front of the customer, you don't exist. Right. Um, so, right. If, if you just exist, if you just exist in my email, right, right, but I, then you don't really exist, right? Yeah. Um. So, so, and it's also about not putting all your eggs in one basket. It's about diversifying, right? So, mm-hmm. like, online is important. It'll continue to be important, but it's also about being where the customer is and where he shops and where and where he want to buy buy products. And he doesn't just buy them online; he actually buys them at retail. So that that's the reason. Mm, okay. Okay. So now let's talk through it real quick. So um, I know there's there's going to be a, I, I know once I put the, I made the spin up the caption, put this interview out, there's going to be a lot of people that um, are in the product space that are interested in just learning more about do's and don'ts and for, for first timers and being in a product space, that's different than services and stuff like that. You have to make the product. There's a lot that goes into it. So from mm-hmm. your, from your treasure trove experience, what, what advice could you give to our audience that specifically for our people that are just entering the spot, the, uh, the product space in general, some, some, some things that lessons you've learned, um, that they could apply, uh, as they start off. Um, so one of the first ones I would suggest, um, you know, anybody entering like a product, uh, product spaces is doing your research. Um, you know, if you're thinking about entering a market where there aren't any competitors, um, you better have a lot of money, um, mm-hmm. cause it's going to take boatloads of money. Um, to open up a new market. Um, so I'd say really thinking about trying to create a new a new market for, for most new entrepreneurs, it's it's very difficult. I won't say that you you will lose, but it will be very challenging. Um, and that competition is really a healthy sign um, that you're entering a healthy market. Um, so that's one, like do your research. Um, the other one is, is really identifying um, or building like a, a USP or unique selling uh, proposition. Um, or finding like a niche market, right? Being able to, um, being able to like clearly communicate to a customer on why they should buy from you instead of the competition, um, honestly, is really the only way to to survive in a marketplace um, because there's tens of thousands of other folks. So if you aren't clear on on why somebody should buy from you, uh, it, it will be very challenging to to convince a, a customer to buy from you. The other thing um, that I'd say, and and you should think about a niche market, right? Like going after smaller markets. Usually, it is um, a good example is is when we first started, we were talking to a man of color. Yeah. At that time, there weren't a tremendous amount of people really talking to men of color, right? There wasn't mm-hmm. this this focus or intention on on talking to men of color. I identified that that as an opportunity. It happened to be considered a niche market. So it allowed me to play in the space where not a bunch of folks were talking to this customer. And so we were able to rise to the top. Um, so that's definitely something to consider. 
Um, and then the last thing is really keeping your day job. Initially. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Start, I mean, starting a business is uh, it requires like a lot of capital. Um, my opinion or my, my own personal experience is like, don't give up a reliable source of income. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you really validated your business idea, right? Um, by selling it to the marketplace, by going out there, by getting feedback, you kind of need to do that. And um, honestly, entrepreneurship is 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 really hard. <laughs> you know, it's really really hard. So I would suggest that uh, that you kind of stack the stack the deck in your favor. Um, you know, if you're going to build a product, keep your day job. You know, have some money coming in to be able to fund the business. Um, and it also allows you to um, to get to a place where if you do identify it as an opportunity or the business is growing, you know, you, you didn't give away equity too early. Right. Like if you decide yeah. to go out there and get, you know, get some money from investors, you didn't give away equity too too early. You kind of built sort of the track record. You have you know, you have some traction. It allows you to it allows you to flex a little bit more, you know. Mm, so, yeah, those are sort of my three suggestions. I agree with that 110%. And um, I think nowadays more than ever, and of course, some people don't have the luxury to uh, get it because I mean, some people have to do it, but have to be entrepreneur because right now stuff is, stuff is, yeah. but for those that you to have, I mean, trust me, and I, I will preview this, and I, y'all have heard this in many episodes, there is no rush to be your own boss. There is no rush. You can be your own boss while working for someone else. It's Okay. Yep. At least that burden of thinking, hey, I need to jump right out because I'm telling you, the issues, especially for our black men out there, yeah. specifically to us, because we know how we are and we don't got no money. That, <laughs> effect, that affects our fitness, that affects our yep. mental health, our value. Uh, if you're in a relationship, regardless of who you're in a relationship with, that's going to affect that. Like, I live it. I'm living proof. Like, you, you broke, you're going to affect you. And you're what? And Absolutely. then women, they can say all they want, or men, whatever you're into, it, I don't, I, like, they, it will affect you how, how, how people see you, how you see yourself. You get a cut. 100%. But you know, at 30, at 34 years old, getting a cut with no money is different than 20, you getting a cut with no money, right? <laughs> exactly. You can still go to the party and still win with no money. Exactly. At 30, 34, you can't get a cut. They get a party you all right? <laughs> you good? Like, <laughs> so, man, now I, I would be remiss to have somebody your ilk on the call and not not get your perspective on um hiring because I think mm-hmm. that's one thing we all solo. I think a lot of times podcasts, for the most part, it's, it comes from a lens of solopreneurs, which is cool because yeah. a lot of people are. But then those that are building teams, man, they're so oh my god! If you ain't never built, because I'm talking about building team, you have to pay. Like, and they have families, not like you like 20 in college intern. Yes. No, people get family and other priorities that mean more to you. Just how you used to check out in corporate America. People you don't really think when you're an entrepreneur and people hire you, you're their job. You're their boss now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So they can check out on you. Exactly. <laughs> so, so how is that? How has that process been? I mean, how have you grown as far as how you hire, how you evaluate talent, how you lead your team um, over the last couple of years? Yeah. So, um. You know, I have to admit that I struggled um, and I still struggle a lot in terms of, it's, it, you know, hiring, um, hiring uh, talented people. I mean, we have we have a great team right now, um, but it has been it's been it's been challenging. It's not one of my strengths. Right. Yeah. Like it's part of entrepreneurship or just life in general is just like knowing where you're strong and where you're weak. Um, and hiring just hasn't been my uh, strength. So. I play to my strength by 
working with folks who are strong in that area, right? And so, and so some of the things that I do is one, when I'm looking to fill, you know, a potential gap in the business, I have, you know, I have mentors, you know, I have, we have, we have investors that are in the beauty space that have tons of experience. And so the, the very first thing that I'll do there is I'll reach out, right? I, you know, even before we took on investment, I had mentors. So like I'd reach out and I'd say, hey, this is, you know, I'm looking for someone that does X. Do you know of anyone? Um, sometimes they will know of some someone. Sometimes they they won't, and they say, oh, you know, actually, I'll reach out to someone else. You know, they have this sort of experience. So initially, some a lot of the hires that I that that I had gotten was through uh, mentors and folks sort of recommending or referring others. In the instances that they do not know someone, um, I have learned uh, to find uh, agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, but not just sort of, you know, some random headhunter agency, right? So like we're in the e-commerce space. Uh, you know, we were just, you know, looking to bring on a, a, a growth uh, marketing director, right? Um, instead of me going to, 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 to just any old agency, I specifically found an e-commerce agency that focuses on hiring only e-commerce uh, folks in the e-commerce industry. Um, and so, you know, leverage them to find someone. I did the initial, you know, interview with the candidate. And then I also relied on, um, I relied on, um, you know, a mentor of mine that has experience in the, in the area. He's actually, uh, in digital marketing and he's, um, he's, um, he's, uh, led digital for like some very successful, uh, brands. Uh, you know, some of them are like, uh, Tracy Ellis Ross's pattern. Wow. Or um, um, was it Millie Bobby Brown? Um, you know their digital agency. So I actually, after I spoke with the candidate and thought that the candidate was a fit, I then had the candidate meet with them. Wow. Okay. Um, to get a second opinion. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. Yep. To get a second opinion, um, because because I have made some some hiring uh, flaws in the past. So I, so I rely on other people to to kind of vet. Um, candidates as well, but people that have experience in those fields. And if you could walk, not walk us through, but because, and I don't know if you dealt with the same struggle that I currently deal with, but when you're so used to doing it by yourself, right? And most importantly, you're so used to splitting money just with yourself after Mm -hmm. the business. How are you able to enable your mindset that A, I need to get help. And then two, I'm going to have to pay them now. Like, because you, for so long, it was just tough paying myself, just having food on the table for myself. And then now transitioning that you have a team and you're not paying them $8 an hour. So it's yeah, like, yeah. hold up. Wow. So I'm now cutting out my margin. And then the people know at the end of the day, when you want to travel fast, you travel with people, right? Yeah. But sometimes when you're so used to just barely making it, now you're making it. You just want to say, well, I can increase my margin. I can do this. How, how did it naturally come easy to you to hire people and, and kind of work through that? Or was it just a progress, a process? Rather? Yeah. No, it was definitely a process because in the beginning, I mean, I did everything, right? Yep. I made product, um, <laughs> package ship product. Yep. I answered <laughs> customer service emails. Yep. I, you know, I did marketing, like I did everything, right? Um, but then, you know, as you as you grow, one, you realize you can't keep doing everything. It's just not possible for you to do everything. Um, and then you also realize that you become a bottleneck, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you 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 have to allow other folks to do things because there's no way that you can grow a scalable business when you're and you are involved in every call and every 
every decision is just not possible, right? So if you if you really want to grow um, and you really want to grow a big successful business that can have impact on lots of people's lives, um, you, you got to figure out what you're great at um, and you got to figure out where you're not strong and then you got to hire to your strength. Um, and you got to take the leap of faith, right? That, um, you know, the decision that you're about to make is going to work out, work itself out. Right. And that's, and it's just like incremental steps, incremental steps, you know? Um, and so that's what we've had to do. So like the first thing that we did was, um, I can no longer make product. Right. And so <laughs> I, I hired someone, um, you know, when we were making, when we were, when we were making our own product, I hired someone that was a batch maker that had experience. That was, that was my first hire. Um, my second hire was a customer service person, right. Because I realized I can no longer answer phone calls and emails. It was just taking up a tremendous amount of my time. We were working with a design agency, um, realized that, you know, marketing just wasn't something that I could handle on my own. And so I hired a marketing person. So it was incremental steps along the way. Um, it wasn't just sort of like, I didn't just jump out there and hire 10 people. Cause I think, uh, one that that would be irresponsible, right? Because you, you know, you're talking about people that have, you know, they have a family, they, you know, they, they have a wife or they have a husband, they have kids. It's irresponsible to just randomly just go out there and hire people without understanding if the business can really support it. Because the worst thing that you you can do is hire someone and then shortly they have to have to fire them because you don't have the money to pay them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So now let's as we as we start to 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 close it out, um let's go to our last round before our culture change round, our future round. So 2021, from what you can share, right? Because I know I'm I like to keep stuff close to the chest. Not for not because I'm caring to anybody else, but I just like I like I like the element of surprise. I like rolling stuff out. And plus two, I don't know, but from a high level perspective, uh what, what can we expect next from from the Scotch Porter brand or from you yourself? Uh, in 2021? <laughs> and I know um, that's a hard question because yeah, 2020, yeah, yeah. every week, it throws a different, boom, boom, different every, curve. <laughs> every week, every week, every week. Um, so, um, you know, in terms of like what's next uh, for the business, which again, aligns with my my personal why is um, really like our mission is to promote internal, external wellness, right? We, we you know, I talked about our mission, being able to help men uh, look and feel their best, live their best, most fulfilled lives. Um, so, you know, what's the expression of that, right? Uh, uh, 2020 has taught us that, you know, wellness and uh, self-care are, is very, very important. Um, and so now as, as, as we think about, as we think about 2021, it's like, how do, you know, how can we educate or provide experiences that, you know, that showcase how health, wellness, like taking care of yourself really shifts how you feel and perform in your personal and professional life. Um, and so, you know, that the expression of that will continue to be some of the things that we had done earlier is like, uh, we did live events where we have like meditation moments or we yep, did I like workout, that. yep, workout events, or we did, uh, healthy cooking demonstrations. Um, you know, we'll continue to do that stuff. Um, and then, you know, I've always believed that, um, you know, self-care and if our mission is to help men feel the best you know, just providing like beard here and skincare products to me just feels like table stakes. Right. Um, you know, so I really do feel like we have, we have an opportunity to deliver even more value to customers, um, outside of just here, beard and skincare products. We're really excited about, 
um, putting together a really diverse assortment of products um, that deliver value to our customers. Yeah. Outside of just beard hair, skincare products. And it sounds like even some services on the low, man. Like get that, get that service money. I say, yeah, I see, I see, I get that service. Like you know, the, the product is great, but you know the margins. Like when you're doing service stuff, hey, the margins are infinite. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Man, so, um. And I know you you touched on this early in the podcast, but I want you to attack it um, head on for our audience, man. What do you want your lasting legacy to be? Like when it's all said and done, not to get morbid, when when your when your time on this earth is is nearing its completion, and when people are reading about you, when people think about you as a man, a friend, or any kind of capacity you currently serve or will serve, what do you want people to say? How do you want people to feel? Um. So um, my my bigger goal kind of aligns with with my primary aim, and I had mentioned that earlier. Is right, um, you know, is to be excited and to, to to work on new and exciting things that ultimately have a profound impact on my life and the lives of others in a meaningful way. Um, so when I think about sort of my lasting legacy, um, I, I realized how difficult it was to be an entrepreneur of color and mm-hmm. to uh, you know raise money and you know. Be, you know, be in rooms that, that 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 could really help me. Um, you know, the statistic we all know the statistic: less than one percent of entrepreneurs um, are actually able to raise uh, outside financing. Um, we were pretty fortunate um, to raise, you know, a seed round and a Series A round. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sort of beat that statistic. Um, so as I think about sort of uh, what's next for me, some of the things that I think about is like. There are entrepreneurs of color out there that are much smarter than I am, um, have incredible business ideas, um, and they really just need um, they need access and opportunity, right? And so I would uh, sort of in my second life, I'd be able to to leverage like my personal and professional experiences and resources um, to support uh, other entrepreneurs of color, you know, folks that come from communities like mine that look like me. Um, but I also think it's important to invest in people that have that same mindset, right? So like, if I reach back down and, and you know, bring up another entrepreneur, um, it's, it's their responsibility and obligation to do the same thing when they become successful. So investing in people that have that same mindset, because it can't just be one entrepreneur, it really does take an army, right? It should be an entrepreneur reaching down, um, bringing up another entrepreneur, that entrepreneur doing the same thing. So... Mm. Man, love that, love that, love that, man. So we about to go to the culture change round, which is a series of five rapid fire questions. Get rapid fire answers, then we gonna close the show. You ready, man? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, man. If you could change one, oh well, no, that's not the question. If you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? Uh, be a lot more present. Um, and stop focusing on uh the crime and uh spend a lot more time thinking about and focusing on the journey. Mm, mm. What's the best piece of advice that you have never received? Uh, be a lot more kind to yourself. Mm, this thing mm. is a journey. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, and and one of these days, and I think that's hopefully you'll tackle via your product. But in twenty twenty one, if 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 that could be baked into, uh, I don't know if it's a packaging, a product, or even with a product having a, a one page like. A my, like I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. I think that'd be really dope because I mean that's something that we all struggle with. Specifically, black man, you live a culture that man, bro. Like even when we're doing good, we're critical of ourselves. We're like, hey, I could be doing all this better. Time. Oh, I, I'm at a po- oh, I got a legendary podcast. I'm like, dang, I should have went this direction. Then went this direction. All like, yo, time. you didn't realize that? Hey, you were building with another brother. 
But exactly. So I think if we can incorporate that into something, I know that's something that's on your your mind mental for the for, for your company as well. I mean, sure. that's a that's a huge space to me because you can we yeah. can look good. And a lot of us, man, we brothers, we kings out here. We the we we the original mecca and the idea of a man and woman hey, exactly. in the whole world, period. Exactly. So Listen, how- <laughs> I, I, I was I was I was watching um a podcast the other day day it was not a podcast it was this it was this uh big industry event that was that they were streaming live and i won't name the, the entrepreneur but this is a i mean this is a company that has raised hundreds of millions of dollars uh was about to be acquired i think for you know a couple one point something billion dollars and i'm and i'm looking at this guy and he's like talking and everything sounds great but i'm looking at him and i'm like this dude just looks unhappy as hell he just he just like you could see it you could see that he was like very very unhappy um and i was like yeah that i don't want to be that you know that that's not what i want that's not life you know that's not success you know so um yeah I, i just think i just think you know spending some time to to really figure out what's gonna truly and we talked about this early earlier what truly makes you happy what's gonna make you get up out of bed every day right and it can't just be money Right and chasing business success because I'm I'm looking at this guy <laughs> and I'm like anybody else would think that he has everything but I can clearly see that this guy is is very very unhappy you know so mm. yeah I noticed that it's crazy though about business man and it gets kind of weird because you know you probably have many friends that I mean they got revenues well over seven figures etc um, and of course it's different revenue and net but we're not even going there right now. <laughs> Um, and it's like, this is, they have teams, they have all this, but it's like, life is not fun. It's like, yo, when you got into it, it was fun. You were making money. It was cool. Yeah. But it sometimes it seems the more you grow, the less fun it is. Yeah, do you yeah, kind of yeah. think about that sometimes? Like you, like, have you ever thought like, I mean, do, is there a certain, ca- not, you don't want to put caps on yourself, but like, I know, like you just said, yeah. you don't want to be that person that, Hey, now we're yeah, in yeah. all these stores. We, this, but it's like, you're more stressed. You're, you're, you're not thinking straight. You're losing weight. You're, you're gaining weight. It's just, you feel me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a couple of things. There's one, again, uh, figuring out what you're, what you're good at, right? Where's your strengths? Where your weaknesses are? Um, what do you love doing? What do you hate doing, right? So when you get to a place where you can, you can build a team and you can work on the things that you love doing, because ultimately, the only way to really be successful is to work on um, and spend a lot of time working on the things that you, that you love and that you're good at, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, find people to, to work on the things that you're not strong at, the things that you hate, you know, that, that's one thing. And then the second thing is, you know, just finding, you know, little moments. So to kind of keep you grounded. Um, and so one of the things that I do is, you know, every week, maybe three or four times out of the week, I go see my mom. I don't, I don't cook because I don't, I don't really have a lot of time to cook. So I'll go get some food from my mom and we'll just sit down and talk and, that stuff keeps you grounded and humble because mom isn't saying, well, how's the business today? Did you close X deal? No. The, the first question that, that your mom is going to ask you is, how are you? Right? Yep. And it's usually, <laughs> it's usually followed by like, are you lying? That's my mom, right? She always like, oh, are you lying? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. Um, so like finding those, those moments of like centering um, is, is incredibly important in terms of keeping you grounded and, and happy so that you're not just chasing sort of the next big thing. Right. Mm, that's that's powerful, man. And um, last two questions are. Yep. I think no. Last three. What is your favorite movie or book and why? Um, so 
man, I listen to, I'm a podcast like person, right? Mm-hmm. So, so there's a, there's a couple of podcasts, including uh, minority trailblazers. Um, but, um, but there's a few and like, I'll, I'll pop up, pop open, open my phone to kind of look at them, yep. but some are, um, some of them are my favorites are like how I built this, um, mm, by yep. Guy Raz. um, another one is, uh, access and opportunity with Carla Harris. Okay. Um, uh, because I'm in the, um, because I'm technically in the beauty grooming industry, the glossy, uh, beauty podcast is another one. Um, how success happens, e-commerce influence, uh, startup therapy, second life. Um, so these are, these are a few that I listen to. So every day I'm like listening to uh, a podcast. So I, I spend a lot of time listening to podcasts and then I'm always reading. Um, I have a very inquisitive mind, so I'm always reading and, and trying to keep up to date on on everything, not just business related, but just things in general, you know? Mm-hmm. And what is, uh, what is your biggest fear? Uh, failing, um, because I was afraid to try. So living with regrets because mm-hmm. I was afraid to try something. And if you were the president of the United States, what is the first thing you would do? Jeez. Probably create uh, social, social justice programs that, um, that really focus on like black entrepreneurship or justice, justice reform. You know, even thinking about like uh, cannabis industry right now, um, lots of states are legalizing it um, and, uh, you know, to get a license or to start in, in that particular industry is mm-hmm. lots and lots of money. So unfortunately, some of the uh, folks that were, uh, you know, on the street, you know, selling uh, marijuana, it's now legal and, and they'll be <laughs> cut out. Right. And some of them are still, you know, some of them are still in prison. So. Uh, I think there definitely needs to be some reform there where we, um, you know, offer some ownership opportunity to the folks that kind of pioneered that industry. <laughs> You're damn right. Pioneered it, bro. Like, come on, bro. It's crazy. That's either here or there, man. I, 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 that's one thing. I'm glad you mentioned that. I got to have another, I got to have a weed uh, person on here um, mm-hmm. to kind of talk through that, man. Probably Freeway Rick Ross, because I know he's he's mm-hmm. working on some stuff and then it, he's doing some cool stuff. He's on a lot of platforms, but it's kind of, yeah. it's just so, it's baffling. Especially you from New Jersey, you from up top, yeah. like it's baffling. Twenty years ago, the stuff that people were getting killed for, they're getting in prison forever, destroying communities, and now that's evangelized. It's like what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like what kind exactly. of world do we live in? Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just the craziest thing, man. So as we as we this that was the last question of the uh the the rapid fire, and I know we always you know you listen to podcasts before we always close the show with this one question um to end it all, and if you could change one thing about society. Most specifically, our African American culture. Uh, what would it be, and why? Um, uh, probably uh, figure out how to invest a lot more in, uh, in in teaching, you know, our kids about entrepreneurship, um, economics, media, um, government, um, because these these really are uh, areas that we need a lot more ownership and representation. Um, you know, if we have a lot more of us in positions of power in in media. Um, you know, have money to lobby government officials um, that create policies that, that, that affect us, we'll see real change. So that's probably what I would do, invest mm-hmm. in those areas. Man, that's powerful. And when I tell you, brother, it's been a mm-hmm. phenomenal, phenomenal show. Um, I appreciate you, your company, your team, and everything you, you stand for. Uh, so where can our audience find more about you, 
um, Scotch Porter and get updates on what you got going on, et cetera. Where can we find that out online and in, 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 in the, uh, the digital space? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, you can find me. Um, you know, I don't have a heavy Instagram presence, but you can find me on Instagram. I'm very new to Instagram, Calvin uh, underscore Qualis. Um, LinkedIn, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, you can email me, Calvin at scotchporter.com. Um, and, um, you know, you can find more about Scotch Porter at scotchporter.com and find us on LinkedIn and some of the other platforms. Mm. And you can go to your local retailers, man. If you yes. see that, Target <laughs> to Walmart. Yeah, Target or Walmart, man. And hey, my know the trouble as a nation. When this podcast releases, man, blow up, man. Send emails about the podcast, man. Blow it up. I know you know I'm gonna be on your head tops with ads and stuff like that, man. Show show the brand some love. You know, I'm coming through. I got a special thing I'm gonna do um, as far as with the uh, we're gonna we're gonna roll some stuff out with this episode. And I'm excited, man. So my know the trouble as a nation, y'all already know what y'all need, need y'all to do. Two things and two things only. No, three things. Number one, be safe. <laughs> be safe. Yep. Uh, be vigilant. You feet mask up. Um, be safe. Uh, number two, you leave a review in this podcast, five stars and five stars only. If it ain't five stars, uh, email me and um whatever your critique is, and I'll make sure that I don't read that email and I delete it. Um, and then number three, number three, number three, make sure you are changing the freaking culture. Good night. Yo. I know I said goodnight, but before y'all go to sleep, make sure, make sure, make sure if you're looking for a job, you're an HBCU student or you know an HBCU student, go to RecDev.com and go get you a job. Or if you're an employer looking specifically to hire people of color that went to historically black colleges and universities, head over to RecDev.com. That's R-E-C-D-I-V.com. And special shout out to our sponsor for this episode, Scotch Porter. So if you are in line for beard, hair, face, fragrance, and all those good products, if you're looking for safe products created black owned for your, your king or your queen or your children, whatever it is you want to support, head on over to scotchporter.com. And I'm telling you, you will be blessed. I am an avid user of Scotch Porter brand products. Man, you can find them at Walmart and Target, or you can just head over to scotchporter.com. They always got great deals. Right now, they're running a $10 off when you jump on there and join their list um, and all that good stuff. So make sure you head over to scotchporter.com. Uh, yep, that's all we got. <laughs> Love y'all. Peace.